Hello and welcome to the 551 Podcast. My name is Wes Berdine and I have uh, Eric Silva-Brenneman here with hello, me. Hello. Hey man. What's up? You're doing well? Doing good. Okay. Rodrigo sanchez Cheveria, you are sick, but doing okay? I'm, I'm better. I'm better now. I had it a couple weeks ago. I had it in San Francisco, actually. Oh wow, that's yeah. horrible. That's yeah. nice weather and sick. No, it was it was rainy and fifty every, most of the day. That's nice weather compared <laughs> to what we had here in I the suppose. winter. So, Wes, how are you? I'm. Thank you for asking. You're welcome. Uh, I'm. I'm doing. I'm doing great. I think. Yeah, I know. I, I survived uh, two home games in one week. Yeah. Uh, on the phone with us in Philadelphia is Alex Schieferdecker. Also sick. Uh, also <laughs> sick. Uh, you know, we've we've we swapped briefly our Swede for a, a, a our Dutchman for a Swedish uh, person or Norwegian, uh, and uh, and now <laughs> you you're, always get them all. Now you're back, you Alex. Right. Good to see you. I'm back. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm also on the mend, and I like Scandinavians, so I don't mind. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I do. I do too. I just don't know the difference between them. <laughs> Clearly. Um, so, uh, so it was great. Our, our, our friend Johan, who was on the pod last week, he, he, um, got to catch two home games. He's, he's back on his way, uh, home to Sweden. He got to see, uh, Zlatan be put in his place. He and got Rooney to see Wayne Rooney place. make that uh, amazing corner kick to end the game. And, uh, yeah, it was a great. He got great, to see four points. A great week for superstars oh, coming to Minnesota. But uh, we're going to talk about that. We've, we're going to talk about both those games. But um, let's uh, let's first start by doing the uh, the little tapas round. Tapas. You've got something to say about Goyas? <laughs> I do. Uh, the Brazilian uh, Serie A Premier League, or however you want to call it, started uh, Saturday and yesterday. The the big kickoff. And Goyaz, this is the the first time back in a decade, the entire life of my child who has been basically saying I have a crap team, which is not false (laughs) (laughs) for for his life. But now they're back with the big boys and they had a dream start. They played at Maracanã against Fluminense and had the exact same result as Minnesota United, in fact. 1-0 with... uh, disallowed or nullified VAR goal of Fluminense also. So it's almost like did, almost like there's this force between Goyaz yeah. and Minnesota United that's uniting them. Did uh did someone's buttocks did someone's buttock? Uh, I'm not score? sure. Okay. No, no, I don't think there was a there was an ace goal like we had. Okay. Uh <laughs> nice. yeah, I, I will say the the, the <laughs> if if that's the case then the opposite is happening with my connection with White Hawk ah, FC. Yeah, I heard. They uh they were just relegated to the I I don't even know if it's the 8th or ninth division in uh can in England. Can you get any lower? Uh you actually can get much lower. Wow. Uh, but uh you know, they're still fighting. Next year they're they're going back up and then the year after that and then Hopefully In seven do. years, though, the, the a decade later, yeah, yeah. decade later, yeah, that's what it takes. Yeah, that's that's uh, your kids yeah. have to make fun of your team too. That's that's yeah. the other key part. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so, but but good news at least for uh, Norwich and Sheffield United, who right. are uh, back up at the Premiership. Uh, Sheffield they hear United Leeds too. I think Leeds is moving up too. Uh, Leeds. So the the playoffs. So the last oh, round the is coming that's up right. this weekend. Got it. Leeds are in the playoffs. Aston Villa, Derby, and someone else I can't remember. Um, but uh, so the last round is this uh, coming week, which will be great. I, I love watching the championship, especially at this stage of it. Uh, West Brom is the other team. There you go. And so, I'm, but, uh, uh, I'm thrilled for Norwich. I'm a proud owner of one of their uh, third kits that they came out with a couple years ago that everybody hated, uh, but I thought it was kind of fun, so I bought it. So what color uh, is Nor- it? it's a uh, green, sort of an off yellow 
a yellow and a brown in horizontal stripes across the kit. I am. Um, I I actually love their green and yellow. I feel like there's like it's a really unique yeah it's look that yeah, they have. I, I love their crest. Uh, uh, they they were like the first team I discovered in in when I played football manager for the first time, and so I I suddenly knew every like Carl Robinson, former uh, Vancouver Whitecaps uh, coach, played for them at that time, and mm. Darren Huckabee who went to San Jose. So I have like this weird knowledge of mid aughts. Uh, Norwich. Um, Their manager this year also has, like, as far as I can tell, pulled kind of a miracle. Like, uh, uh, the players who he has starting every week are guys who, like, flamed out of worse leagues, and somehow he brought them to the championship, and now they're being promoted. Who's their manager? So, uh, Daniel Fark, Farka. I think he's German. Um, But it's like, I know that the these great managers succeed in the championship and go to the premier league and then just get crushed. But, um, I don't know, kind of, kind of fun to see someone it's with been a, a minute since squad that no one thought was going to be good. Yeah. Sheffield ha- haven't been back since they went down over the, do you remember the Carlos Tevez, uh, Javier Mascherano controversy? Cause, uh, West Ham kind of broke the rules by bringing them in. West Ham stayed up. Sheffield United went down mm. and, uh, that was, so when was that? Like, ago. uh, more than 10 years yeah. ago. About ten years ago, and so um, that—that's the last time they went down. So okay. now they're back up. And then, did you any of you guys catch Leeds Aston Villa this last weekend? Uh, no, I did not. I Le- watched the Arsenal game though. That Le- was fun. I saw the I saw the controversial. So moment. yeah, Leeds. Uh, that's great. So you guys will be virginal on this. <laughs> Leeds are managed by, of course, uh, Bielsa, our, our favorite manager of all time. Um, and uh, what happens is that. Uh, uh, Aston Villa player kind of goes down, uh, not head injury, and the game kind of peters out as if they're going to kick the ball out, but then Leeds, the one Leeds player just suddenly starts running again, and then they you know, go and score a goal, and all the Aston Villa players are pissed off because it was very obvious, even to the line judge, to everyone, that this was the game was going to, we were going to put the ball out, so they kind of tricked them. Uh, the Aston Villa players get freaked out. Um, one of them kind of barely touches, uh, I think it's Patrick Bamford, is that his name? Um, anyway, uh, a Aston Villa player who like holds his face, gets the player uh, red carded, and then, you know, uh, uh, eventually... Uh, <laughs> he was, he's Rodrigo, asleep. are you asleep? <laughs> What's happening no, over there? Asleep. You literally closed your eyes for like eight <laughs> I seconds. I did close my eyes. Oh my God. <laughs> And then, uh, and then, so try uh, to look at your screen. Bielsa, Bielsa comes back, and uh, and then he he tells the Leeds players to let uh, Aston Villa score. So Aston Villa go score. Wait, what? Really? Yeah. Seriously? Yep. Just shoot, a, shoot a goal. Oh, wow. So okay. then it's one one. So they just yeah dri- dribble down. Only it, one it, Leeds player did like kind of attempt to play for it, but and at some point in this, John Terry, who is. Uh, he's like assistant coach for Aston Villa is like cursing at Bielsa on the sideline. It's, it's do, just, do you, yeah, I would love to see Bielsa like, take his cooler and just bash John Terry <laughs> over the head. You would do I'm that. so glad that these two personalities have been brought by fate together to to share the same touchline. And and so and and so it ends one uh, one. Uh, still the the controversy goes anyway. So but both these teams are in the playoffs and both of them may end up meeting depending on how. Um, this last uh, weekend goes may, up, may end up meeting 
in the first round of the playoffs or the second round. So uh, wow, anyway, drama. Yeah, wow. Was, uh, good times to be had. Um, the only other things I, I, I wanted to point out. I don't know if anyone else has any tapas, but um, Champions League this week, obviously Spurs tapas make me hungry. Ajax and uh, Liverpool versus Barcelona. I don't know. If either of you are more excited about one of these or, I'm or the other, I'm a Barcelona supporter. So okay, of course, yeah. Barca, Barca won the league, so yeah, well, a while yep. ago. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. they just won it well, this, no, last the, no, this last weekend. They got this, did the ceremony because they. Well, yeah, but I mean, they had the the point total locked down a little while ago. Didn't yeah, but they, they still didn't. No, raise they the just won this last weekend. Oh, right. it, they've almost. Are you a Barcelona yeah. fan? <laughs> I'm not very. I mean, my kid, I'm not a very my kid was celebrating. I, I don't have to worry about. I'm not Barcelona, even. A, I don't so even I follow it, the league. I let it that. ride. I'm like, yes, of course they won that. Uh, Champions League is going to be is a different animal, though. So. Spurs have uh, like 13 players missing, uh, so they'll play with basically their kit man and and then their three defenders who are all from Ajax. Uh, um, <laughs> I, I mean, obviously, play. I'm most excited about these. I'm opening up the bar for both of these. So I'm. I'll be there watching. I'll be there in a, in, in my Blaugrana in, in a sea of red. <laughs> yeah. Yes, you should. Just, you, you shout down those. What is the matches. ideal finals matchup between these four teams? I mean, honestly, that I would love. I would have loved to it's see. It's not that. Liverpool against Tottenham because we've seen that twice this year. Not in the least. No. Liverpool Barca? Barca would have been my final, but now it's a semifinal. So, geez. Well, um, Ajax beating Liverpool would top. be the best. Uh, result of the Champions League, but what about Ajax beating Barca? Be because huge. then they would have knocked off Juve, yeah. Madrid, and Barca in the same run. I mean, knocking off Juve, Madrid, and Liverpool in the same run ain't bad either. No, but that's big but, narrative uh-huh. though. If they but, if they finish it, like but that. for me personally, I want to see Spurs beat Barcelona in in the Champions League mm. final. I don't want it to be Liverpool uh-huh. Spurs. Definitely, I'm afraid that Spurs won't get past Ajax, and then Ajax will flame out in the final. But you know, these four teams. You, yeah, I know. You you can't stop the dream. (laughs) Jax. You know who can? Hunmin Song. Of course, he's not playing tomorrow, but he'll he'll still find a way to. So, so when are you opening the bar for these games? Uh, one forty-five. Okay. What 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 are the game times? I I don't know. Three. Oh, two o'clock. What tomorrow? Yeah. Oh. And and Wednesday. And Wednesday. Yeah. Wow. Um. Be there. Let's uh, let's let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk. Uh, we've got Minnesota United coming up. Go to me. Here we are. It's a fifty-five-one podcast. Uh, this week we are sponsored by PodiumWear.com. Well, all month we've been sponsored by PodiumWear. Uh, Rodrigo, you just uh, you went to. Uh, internationalpodiumware.com headquarters HQ. It's it's like a twenty story tower in no it's it's, it's, like, it's, like, it's like Stark Industries Tower, you know. It's yeah. like Avengers Central, right? Yeah. Oh, it's like so behind. Don't say that. <laughs> okay. it reminds me that I got to see Captain. Oh, I Marvel. forgot. We're supposed to make some uh, random Game of Thrones references because ah, this is a podcast. I don't watch that. So to. yeah. So uh, what was your what was your experience at, at Podiumware? Tell tell us about it. Oh uh, well. It wasn't just me, but uh, my wonderful wife, Nubia, the Gold Talisman, and Isa Watch. We all got to be able to go and get a tour of uh, Ponywear. Um, there's some very, really cool, um, like they have these banners at the at, at the entrance, like when where, where they, I guess, like the reception area, 
where they have lots of people who say like you know locally made. They have pictures of them saying locally made, and that's, I thought it was really cool. And that's emphasized from the beginning that you get there that you know everything's made local. And I think that was one of the things that was emphasized is that you know everyone is from here. Everyone they make everything in the shop, and if they don't, um, you know they if certain people know how to make certain cuts or stitches or whatnot, they send them out to them, but they're all local, right? And so there's this whole local, and then we got the whole tour of how things are made uh the machines that they have it literally felt like i was like and um those those science shows were like how is it made you know and then like they take you through the steps of how like and this is how this goes in here and this is how it gets pressed and then and then yeah and then i saw someone actually cutting out some uniforms yeah and i was like and they're cutting up like thousands of little pieces together that they have to put them together and then the machine and then people sew them together and i was like wow i was like this is like it's like Christmas workshop kind of thing. I never thought I'd seen one, but that's just a, and then you get to meet the people who design, and I got to meet the people it's, who. It's the hibachi of 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 <laughs> athletic wear. Is what it is. You basically you take the family. It's like oh yeah, let's go out, and then like oh yeah, they're gonna make the they're gonna make the clothes right in front of us here, and then they're like, and the guy comes out and he's like ha ha ha, and he's like throwing flipping all the and then knives. there's flames, and somehow the clothes there are no flames, the flames, but they're but yeah. they're, 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 there's very a lot of cool stuff in there, and um, they're gonna they, love that it's called the hibachi. hibachi. <laughs> yeah, that's on you. That's not on me. <laughs> but uh, but it was just it was really nice to be able to see how like something. Because it's it's in a, it's in a building that I've driven so many times by that, that I've never even thought of like you know that's where it is right and, and I was thinking you know like a big warehouse or anything like that but it's just like a, it's a small shop but it's it's got everything that it needs to be it's got its own sewing and they can make just about anything as long as you have like a design or you have an idea and they'll work with you and on the work design with you, as well yeah, yeah and then they'll work with you with the design and an idea and then of course Issa Watch started getting ideas about. Uh, uh, because um, you know she plays on a varsity for a local local high school, and how they wanted to make their um, their jerseys, and so there's a conversation going that. And I thought about you know there's a lot of cool things that you know that they do, and they do it all locally, right? Yeah. They support local. They 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 work with a lot of a lot of people who are, are local who and and then just overall. And I also bought socks. So oh yes, all right there we go. Mm. Podiumware.com. Okay, so uh, that's Podiumware. Thank you guys for sponsoring yeah, thank us. Thank you, Podiumware, for please, sponsoring if you, us. Yes. If you guys, uh, if your kids play soccer or if you're in an adult league, go check out Podiumware and, and go check out their place and uh, support cool people. Let's talk about Minnesota United FC. We had a midweek game against LA Galaxy. I don't think we'll dig into it too much. Um, uh, and then that was a nil-nil draw. Minnesota United won. DC United zero. Uh, let's talk about between the two. the The biggest uh, carryover is is obviously the personnel change and the result. Clean cheats for both of these. Um, uh, Eric Miller comes in for Cal- suspended Calvo. Brent Coleman comes in for uh, you know struggling Michael Boxall. Um, in the LA game, you had Schuler come in for Gregush. But then in the uh, uh, DC game, uh, Gregus came back in, and, and Schuler's back in. Yeah. Uh, 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 let me throw to you, Alex, just because I want to make sure you're actually still on the line. Since <laughs> <laughs> He's not passed out with meds, right? Well, let me let me. Is that throw, old throw to you out? And and say like, what what about it 
is it just the personnel change that that all of a sudden we give up seven games in two game or seven goals in two games and now zero goals in two games? Um, I mean, it's it's part of it. I think that there's probably a lot of things in play, right? I think that the team's defensive issues were so glaring after the NYC game and then the Toronto game that the whole team was probably in a more defensive mindset and thinking a little bit more about how they needed to defend or at least the whole team besides the forwards because our forwards are still not defending. Um, but I also, I also think coming home matters. Um, and I think that replacing Francisco Calvo, who is a very two way player with Eric Miller, who is much more defensive oriented, clearly a defense first player. And, you know, I, I think that the, that the Brent, Brent Coleman and Michael Boxall, I think are not totally different players. Um, but I have always liked Brent in particular because I think he is a little better in the air. And I think that he, he seems to me to have a knack for emergency defending that for whatever reason, I, I just don't see quite the same thing at Boxall. Um, you know, Brent makes mistakes too, but, uh, I think that overall the, the just, there was a, there was a better defensive ethos on, on the back line with those two coming in. Particularly for the LA game where you had LA, we were suited for the LA game because yeah. they put in crosses. That's the thing. They put in tons of crosses. Salatan gets to it. Alessandrini less also. Yeah. Yeah. That's yep. key. It, it was yeah. a real shame because when LA beat us in LA, they did not have Zlatan, and I actually thought they were better for it because they played a team game around Antuna as like a uh, a sort of a false nine, and they pressured as a team and had a lot more movement. And against us in in this past midweek match, they just sort of stood around crossing the ball, waiting for Zlatan to head it in. And I thought that they lost – I mean – you know, you're never going to say no to having Zlatan on your team, but I thought that they lost some dynamicism uh, when when he came in. Um, and you can maybe make some parallels to, to, to what has happened with Minnesota on, on the weekend when, when Darwin Quintero came out. Sure, yeah. Um, we'll definitely talk about that. I, at least in the L.A. game, the game was suited for Ike Opara and Brent Coleman, who are fantastic in the air. I, I, Ike Opara has been lights out. Um, so good. And uh, I don't know if either of you two have anything to say about the question of is it just a uh, a, a personnel change that that uh, is part of the success? Is there, as Alex suggests, you know, also the team kind of uh, shifting and adjusting to just the the disa- you know disastrous defense that st- suddenly started to uh, crop up again? Well, why are you silence? No, I'm just saying. I'm just saying that there was after the Toronto game, and uh, there was a lot of, of, of thing. You know, there was discussion within the locker room. There's a lot of conversations about you know identity in a sense of what what are they doing, what can they do, and what they need to work on. And I've always you know said that I'd rather have uh, a, a left back who's defensive minded, since we already have a metanier who inserts himself in the offense at all, at all times. I'd rather have, I'd rather have someone who 
who who is more dedicated to that. But 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 then you've got a, a DC United who knew that Metanier was going to be the the focus of the attack, and they overloaded that side in the first half. Metnir was completely pinned back, and we were only able to attack through Eric Coleman, which, you know, wait, as wait. we said, Eric uh, Miller. Uh, <laughs> Miller. Wait, sorry, wait, Eric Coleman. Now they're <laughs> the same person. Now they're just they've been melted into to one. This is not well, the Fantastic Metzner, Four. Was Metzner pinned back by DC, or was he just not able to get involved with the way the loons were set up? I thought he was pinned I, back I think, by DC. I, I thought it was. Uh, I thought it was they DC's. never they, they never really attacked on that side. They were still going after Miller on on. Minnesota's left. Um, I thought. Yeah, I, I I didn't get to rewatch the game, so I, this is this is going from from what I observed at the time. So maybe I I could be flawed, but yeah, I've, I, I was just gonna say I, this is speculation, but I think between between Ike and Ozzy, I mean, with knowing those guys and the way that they play and the way they have been playing, I'm sure they made their opinions known to Adrian Heath and maybe other people as well that uh, adjustments need to be made. And, you know, we, we all know that the hand was forced with the red cards. And when the difference was clear, there are just, they, somebody had to have spoken up and been like, you know, you, we, you need to keep your word about uh, losing your spot essentially. And let's roll this thing out again. Well, I think if you connect the dots, um, we, we talked about Andy Greeter's piece where he, uh, obviously talked to some players off the record or, or on background about dissatisfaction with Calvo after those two yellows right. and, and his leadership. And then the quotes you see after that is a lot of people, you see a lot of players talking about how Ozzy and Ike bring this real different attitude, that really um, veteran attitude. And it, I mean, it's like, you know, very loud subtweeting, right? It's yeah. talking about the thing without talking about it. And Calvo did not make the 18. You pointed that out to me during the game. Yes, he was not I, even on the bench. Um, because And then Heath, after the game, said, you know, it's because basically Calvo did not take the idea of being benched uh, very well. And um, uh, look, maybe it's something that he will get over in time. Uh, um, we'll, we'll talk about whether or not when Calvo comes back uh, or if. Yeah. But, um, you know, it, we... <clears throat> You have to say at least that that defense and that midfield mm -hmm. are all clicking on a certain level. Mm -hmm. We can talk about the offense there, but it, it is it, it they shut down two pretty good offenses. They did. Um, Lucho Acosta did not do that much during the game. Uh, DC United was also tired and had injuries, so it's not like we're catching a full strength team. They still got those little speeds. Yeah, but we though. were tired too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's yeah. Um, I. I so let's talk a bit about specifically the DC United game. Uh, Minnesota United for this one lined up in a four-three-three, so they had that kind of uh, Schuler and Gregush as the eights moving forward. You had Dunlady out on the right; he did not connect with Metnir in the same way that uh, Finley does. And you had um, Darwin playing out on the left and, and kind of pulling in central. Um, that's a different. I'm curious your guys' thoughts on that approach as opposed to the four two three one, especially with Finley and Miguel. Right, you've got two more winger. Especially Finley is more of a winger. What does that do for the 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 shape of the team and the tactics when you're playing with with you know uh, Darwin who's cutting in central and Abu who wants to play like a striker. He's not 
does that with is that with the problem is that a good asset is the double eight thing in front of a six okay or rodrigo do you have thoughts on that i mean i, I i've been a fan of of playing danlari in the in the mid and i think wing is is a place where you can cover lots of ground with this with the speed so he's always willing to put in work in the, in the aspect of doing that and i i just don't i just don't think there is enough communication between him and Darwin to be able to make that side be the whatever Dunlady's side was to be the focus of attack since he's so he's so talented and trying to get one one v one to get around um and I, and I thought I, w- I would I would have expected to see more of that but it, there wasn't so there always seems to be this misconnection between Darwin and whoever is playing on the wings onto mm. what is the is is the mode or the process for him to be able to be uh, kind of you know be be like the scientist of the offense right to make sure that things work and granted he hasn't been doing that as of lately and 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 it's and it's been showing um, and he did take a knock in the 30th minute of this one that, yeah that do, we, do we have him out. do we know ankle situation or uh, i haven't heard we haven't post heard. Uh, no, uh, he they they said that um during the half, he was kind of given a shot, yeah, um, and they were going to see if he could keep playing, and that's why he didn't right. last very long. Right, right. The, the, um, so for Dunlady, I mean, we we talked about this in the middle of the match. I mean, I, it's funny that Alex, I think you mentioned that they weren't the um, the offense wasn't doing such a good job on defense. I don't know if you're referring to the LA game or this DC game, but oh. well, I was keeping something of a tally, and I actually thought Dunlady was way better defending than any kind of offensive that, pressure. That was a low bar in the in that I suppose, game. but I mean, I, I, thought I counted was very at least two or LA three game, dispossessions but. to his one or two actual shots. Did he have one shot on goal? One? I don't think so. Well, that's that's because with the 4-3-3, I mean, I don't know how to really conceptualize it. Maybe like a 4-3-1-2. I, I, it, it there was a lot of confusion because... Darwin was on the wing, but wasn't comp- he wasn't playing like a winger. He wanted to be inside. He wanted to be, you know, you could see him sort of pulled between where he wanted to be underneath the striker and where he was supposed to be on the wing. And he ended up spending most a lot of the game in kind of a no man's land, mm-hmm. a sort of the half space between out wide and in the middle, and it didn't really suit anybody. And then Darwin, I uh, pardon me, Abu, I think by design was trying to push up higher and go more centrally. I mean, he he was trying to almost act sometimes as as another striker, and as a result, the loons had really no width and not many uh, ways to get the ball to the forwards, hmm. except for and a million just, a million crosses from right? and, yeah. and, and well, and it just none of it worked out. But I think that the reason Dunlady was more was slightly more diligent defensively than his other partners is because he was thinking about of himself as a winger on defense, whereas Darwin and Angelo were thinking of themselves as forward on defense. And for whatever reason, we have this thing where once the forwards get bypassed, they just chill out at midfield, <laughs> put no back pressure on the ball, and we rely on two banks of four to defend. And that is going to burn us eventually. Right. It hasn't yet, but it's very annoying. Having said all that, though, but just going back to your double eights, I mean, in that particular match, it worked pretty well. And we saw probably 
Schuler scored how many? One, two goals for this team? I can't remember. It hasn't been that many. Yeah. One, well, two, I think, yet. This was his best game as a loon, I think. I, I agree. I mean, I, I I said that he was my man of the match. Uh, I just, he made so many tackles. His defensive map is awesome if you go to MLS. He was so precise. Yeah. He had some beautiful finesse little uh, yeah. Yeah, he volleys. Just, I mean, man, he was just, he was it, great to watch. It so was much fun to a watch. A reminder that that, he should be playing in the midfield and and right and now now does that work then to have the three central midfielders i thought gregush was still pretty decent you know but then in doing that are you then sacrificing this attacking stuff i think for me you know hearing you talking about darwin there alex uh for me darwin needs people close to him right he needs uh, a miguel there right and miguel is going to do his stuff out wide when he needs to, and he will cut in there and and interplay and make a run. And Finley as well, um, you know, I call him more of a winger, but he does like come in a little bit centrally there. Um, I think that those two guys, and I think we'll see Molino a little bit. Um, uh, Molino was not particularly good in the LA game, but I, I don't really, you know, he was coming back and making his first start. Um, uh, those are the guys I think that can really interplay. I, I'm not sure Dunlady is right for that role, and I don't know if uh, Angelo is either. But um, <laughs> I just think of I just the... think the lesson was that Darwin should is shouldn't be played in the wing. Hmm. Yes. Um, yeah, at least not without someone who has his own sort of someone. If you know, I, I almost wondered what what would have happened if we had signed Nico Benedetti because Benedetti uh, because. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With, with Darwin, Darwin would have been pushed out out of the wing, and you know it would have it would have been interesting to see how he would have responded to that. Maybe a player like Benedetti could have kept him out of the middle by operating well there. I don't know, but in this case, we just don't have a player who does what what Darwin can do in the in the center of the field, and he clearly wants to be there. And I just uh, putting him on the wing, I think, is is just not a, a, a way to be successful. So, so um, I don't know if I read too. I think that we have lots of other different looks in terms of our wingers. I thought Molino was fine. I thought Donati was fine. Um, Finley is a different type of winger. Uh, uh, both the Barras are totally different types of players. Um, but my main takeaway from the DC was just that Dar- you have to let Darwin Cantero play where he wants to play. Well, in in that first half, um, which was a pretty dismal half, very good defensively, but we made nothing happen. Um, Minone uh, made an, a fantastic save in the 20th minute, um, and then the cross comes in, and Minone should not have come off his line. He gets lucky because Donovan Pines is like 3,000 feet in the air, heads the ball, and uh, Frederick Brilliant, uh, who is not... Um, pulls down Minone and uh, VAR disallows the goal. I will say, the second I saw this happen, I knew VAR was happening, and I had not eaten all day, and I wanted to get those. Uh, I wanted to get those Los Campos tacos. Uh, tacos. Yep. So I made a run. I didn't even actually run. I just walked at a good pace. Yeah. Got those tacos. Got back just in time for the kickoff. It was it for was the reset. Well time. So well um. Uh, it, we were lucky. I don't think. I mean, Minone was obviously fouled. He was not going to get to this ball, um, 
Donovan Pines, who made, I think, his only third start. And this would have been his first professional goal. He's a, a homegrown player for D.C. United. He is good. He's, He's huge. A giant. And he was immense in this game. Yeah. He just, you know. Cross shield. <laughs> yeah. We put in 26 crosses, I think. Uh, we were f- successful with 15%. Mm-hmm. Um, he he just was uh, amazing. I was very impressed with him. Um so we but get out of go check out the, the photos of this. A lot of people are looking at the foul, yeah, uh, on Minone because you can kind of see it pretty clearly in this in the photos. But but the real interest in the photo is the fact that Donovan Pines, like I don't I don't even know if his head is in the photo. It's just sort of out the top of the frame, and his you know his, his boots are sort of in the top third of the photo, and he's just it's like he's hovering. Everyone's heads are, you know, at the level of his knees. It's just unbelievable. <laughs> well, he made Angelo look so small. Oh, yeah. And, oh, I mean, God. Angelo, we know, is a giant. I mean, that, was, that was like a 40, 40-inch vertical jump. <laughs> from, oh, something. It was, it was yeah. yeah, it was something that you don't see too but often. But it, In the second half, then, Miguel comes in for uh, Darwin, and immediately the team changes. Uh, I was hoping that Miguel would come in for Dunlady, at the half, uh, obviously, uh, the, the injury forced the change. And, um, you know, um, Angelo seemed uh, changed. You know, he was much better. I thought he was completely taken out of the game in the first half. And then in that second half, you know, the crosses were still coming in, but he had that really great, um, brings the ball down and he turns. And, of course, he loses the ball, but Pines kicks the ball to clear it, and it goes right to Miguel. Miguel shoots it with his left, and Bill Hamid makes Bill Hamid makes a, a fantastic save on the ball. That was about the 60th minute. Well, he had an attack like straight away too. I think he comes in. I don't remember where I clocked it, but it didn't take long. Like he was in 51st and had his first shot at the 55th. It yeah, straight 50, away from so basically like the 51st minute through the 60th minute, 65th minute. The, the team suddenly started rocking. The stadium, yeah. because it was like a noon game, was pretty quiet um, by the last two game standards. And uh, you could feel the energy, right? And then... We should mention, I mean to cut you off, but before this point, zero shots on goal. Yeah. Um, zero shots at all, I'm, I'm yeah. pretty sure, actually. <laughs> um, but you could feel that then the game drop out. DC United started to get back in there between the 60th and 75th minute. Um, they had a good chance, uh, for, I think from Lucho Acosta, he just ran f- across the pitch, and I, I thought it was going to happen. I thought this was the end. Um, and, and that's where I, I was literally just screaming for Ethan Finley to come in. <laughs> we both were. For anybody, I, I, a substitution well, well, in general. I thought Ethan would, would have helped here for <laughs> yeah. Dunlady. Um Maybe Romario for Rodriguez, but right. I think that, I think that the, the game plan with him made sense. But we were just putting in endless... Useless cross after endless useless cross. Metinier, and then Pines, Metinier, Pines, finally Metinier, in the 82nd Pines. minute, the, the ball goes out. Uh, um, Miguel slowly passes the ball out to Metinier and he's putting in a cross. And I think I out loud said this. Oh, great. Another fucking useless cross. <laughs> and then it goes in and it like lands right in front of uh, Angelo. I don't know if his left or right buttock uh, touched the ball. We don't know if anything actually touched but it. But then it just goes in. I, it, I'm, I'm believing that it was the ass. It was yeah. the traditional ass goal. This is like one of those where like Romario got credit for a goal that was like very obviously an own goal in the opening match against Vancouver. 
Jordan Morris got credit for a goal, even though it was clearly an own goal. And then I guess we're just Angelo claimed it, so it's a goal. I wish there was a little more honesty in this scoring. What, so what, who do you think scored this? That's Metanier's goal. The goal was Roman Metanier's goal. Okay, you're, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was like it was like one of those free kicks that the goalkeeper is frozen on because yes. they have to take the run seriously, but the ball is also heading towards the goal. Yeah. And in this case, there was I, I didn't see any contact in the, the TV or the slow-mo or whatever. It just went past. Yeah. That's all it was. Um, regardless, the ball goes in. It's a turdy goal. <laughs> the turdiest of goals, in. but it went in. So and, uh, and, and you know, after that, Miguel had a chance late on in the game as well. In um, stoppage time. And, and, <laughs> and you know, yeah. And then the, the great thing is that the, the game was then capped off by that Wayne Rooney corner that just went straight out. Went nowhere. Went, went, wouldn't even go in, right? Yeah, yeah. It just, <laughs> just went straight back It was going to be an in-swinging. In-swinger, right? Because he's right-footed and it was over the... So it was going to be an in-swinger. It just went out and then landed in the ba- uh, on the on the top of the goal. That was it, oh, yeah. So beautiful. But, but back for that Metanier, um cross, and like all these other crosses have always been like, you know, by the goalie box, or close to the goalie box. And then one time he decides to take something outside, right, is, is, is when that ball curves long enough to be able to be in front of that goal. That's totally something that I don't think Bill Hamid was, was expecting. It's a deeper cross. Yeah, it's a deeper yeah. cross. So, because <laughs> so, that was the same thing. It's like we've crossed this ball like a zillion times, and every time <laughs> so the, nothing happens. And then one time he takes a cross from the place that he hasn't, it just it just seems to create some sort of havoc. So, so I want to go with the highlights of Isa Watch. What happened with Isa Watch this week? <laughs> pull that up. Oh wow. Um, okay. How about uh, you play some music while you I pull you that pull that out? out. But uh, you know, Alex, do you have any um, uh, other notes about this game that that stood out to you? I just enjoyed the fact that Miguel came on the field, and whereas like Darwin was confused about his positioning. Miguel was just like lol positioning and ran <laughs> all over. Well, and, and he was just hungry, right? And, he and was that just was out um, on the right wing. He ran back onto the left wing. He yeah. was, and this is this is his best position. I mean, on the field, uh, I, yeah. Which That's is right. that he said, it's like to have That's no right, position, baby. right? Uh, I think you know sometimes for the sake of the overall structure, you want to have him, you know, you, you're on the left wing, you're on the right wing, that kind of thing. But his best ability, he's not the guy who's really going to provide the assist. He is the guy who is going to provide the secondary assist or the, the pass before that. He is running all over the field and he, wherever he goes, Defenders don't want to follow him because his movement is it's just nuts. And he creates numerical overloads wherever he goes. Yep. And that's his ability is to run around, you know, be playing matchmaker, gluing disparate players together with the ball well, and cycling it around and keeping the defense off balance in terms of their positioning. And just having him sub in for Darwin and just having the, sort of carte blanche to just run everywhere was really what decided the match, I thought. Yeah. yeah. And then and then DC's coach Ben Olsen said that too in, a, in his post interview saying that when the daughter win switch came out, um, he felt that Miguel gave them a different change to pace and, and and caused problems for them. And I think that's where the momentum 
started swinging more towards uh, the home team. And so. Yeah. And, and, you know, I said that Shula was the man of the match, but quite obviously Miguel was the man of the match. I mean, the game literally changed. He changed it all. He, he, he you know, met near continued to be the fulcrum of the attack. And I like that, that uh, Wayne Rooney said that. Like, it was very obvious that there, the anything that was going to happen was going to come through that fullback. Mm-hmm. Um, but but Miguel that was, fullback, uh, you know, right? what I liked what you said about that, him, Alex, there, because, you know, a lot of times when you describe a player like that, then they're a liability, right? You know, you, you describe a player like Ibsen, right, who he would be all over the place, but then he creates a hole. But Miguel... Um, Miguel is not uh, taking that kind of liberty so that he can then just do whatever with s- some sort of uh, stereotypical like artist's uh, uh, absent-mindedness or something like that uh, or, or lack of care. He, it's also worse to open a hole in central midfield versus yeah, abandon yeah. a left wing or and, something. And so, so but, but the way he does it is a, is a pretty selfless thing of, of like using his body to just create havoc and you know and it's not to go in there take the ball and then score which is sometimes good that's a that's a darwin quintero thing to do but it's to go in there and just make the defense screwed up make a small pass and then go move somewhere else and i i like that about him i I think that it's kind of crazy that miguel um was not started in this game uh you know um but i i think it's for sure that he'll start against seattle you can't not yeah, I, mean, I think it also Flip is like to to have no, a good defensive core is <laughs> is the basis is essential of, of, of any of, of anything that we want. We have enough offensive pieces to be able to what we just did, you know, take some out, put some in, change pace, and 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 hopefully dictate a much better uh, respond and and affect the game in that way, right? But the defensive aspect needs to be something that's solid and something that's yeah. Not changing. I wanted to connect. The, oh, go ahead. You, you take it, Alex. I'll go after you. Oh, uh, let me just say that I'm. I, I think that Miguel has won the coaching staff over, and we thought that now before. that. But yeah, you know, well, keep but going, sorry. I, I think I, I think he really has, and I, I think that I'm not concerned about him starting or or being a sub because he's effective in both roles. Uh, I mean, I think that he is just fantastic when he comes on late. Uh, and I think that it doesn't. Now that I'm no no longer worried that the team is going to accidentally trade him because they don't understand what he does. Yeah, yeah, um, that's true. I'm I'm very happy with him being used, starting or or, or subbing you know, as a way to have maximum impact. Because as you said, he's he creates chaos. He creates chaos in a very different way that Angelo creates chaos, and they both are sort of chaos agent players. Uh, and if we ever get a really good handle on how to use these dis- the disparate attacking talents that the team has, we could be a really good team. I was just having this flashback of a hardcore punk band I saw back in the early 90s called Chaos Theory, and a friend of mine jumped up on stage with him, and it was like the movie version where he, he did the stage dive and everybody cleared out, and he, like, landed on his face and, like, was out cold for, like, 30 seconds, like, definitely had a concussion. <laughs> Chaos Theory. That's a terrible name. Anyway. It's such a, yeah. I, wanted to, I just wanted to connect dots between Miguel and Schuler, And then it's Issa Watch. And then it's Issa Watch. All right. This won't take long. Um, in all the confusion that you guys were talking about, the Chaos Theory that he brings, uh, in the 70-something minute, it enabled Schuler 
to get one of my favorite moments of the match. He gets this amazing ball in, and Dunlady almost gets a piece. Oh, it's, yes, yes, yes. Dunlady and Hamid are like both going at it at the same that, time. That like Schuler pass was great. It was spectacular. But again, it happened because Miguel pulled everybody away and gave yeah. Schuler all that space. Yeah. Amazing. Um, Issa, watch what's your, what's what's the highlights you got for us? Um, so we'll start so, with the Galaxy game. This is this is. Your daughter, Issa, we did this last week in case people didn't catch us, but she's now writing game notes that, that we're sharing with the world. And that are awesome. Yeah, so the game notes for Issa Watch uh, for the Galaxy game is, uh, let's see. Um, she laughed when I heard Boxo was benched. <laughs> Glad Cobble didn't play. Um, Yo, better believe I missed Aikopara. You don't understand. Um <laughs> Our midfield was so much better. Our defense was so much better. Uh, I'm satisfied with the outcome of this game. This is what we needed mostly. Um, only thing that we need to work on is our shooting. And then bold, everyone needs to go to striker camp. <laughs> Which she can run. Because our shots were so off. And um, let's see. Rodriguez had a good game. Ras Schuler seemed to... Um, have an okay game. Darwin Quintero, she's a thing for Darwin Quintero. He's actually had a decent game. Still needs to dribble less. Have a thing for Darwin Quintero, though. Please pass more. In in the caps, he can't take our free kicks. He can't take our corner kicks anymore. Is this DC or LA or both? This is LA. Okay. <laughs> um, well, we need to talk about corner t- kicks because several people asked about uh, Grey Goose and corner kicks. So. Yeah. And then um, big fan of Eric Miller. Uh, she goes, oh my gosh, he started and I screamed. Uh, at the beginning, he got beat a lot, but he got better. He definitely he's, deserves he's pretty to be man. on the field. Uh, Coleman definitely had a good game. Icopara is the GOAT. Um, and then all these wonderful things to say about you know a defensive-minded game. Uh, and then I think the T the to this whole uh, LA was uh, the frustration part. She goes, she said, Slatan's bun was... I know in AF, like you, it was so uneven, and his undercut made me scream in agony. <laughs> yes, I use emot- emoticons now. Deal with it, please and thank you. Zlatan is also old and mean, and he complains and whines way too much. You're a grown man, not a baby. Oh, this is the content you crave. So um, uh, I, I will say regarding Eric Miller, uh, uh, Susan Miller, a uh, good friend of this podcast, a uh, future uh Future co-host, future uh, bartender, I think, right? Bar- bartender, uh, um, Susan and her husband, who I forget uh, because I'm so close to Susan now, or uh, Sue, as I call her, uh, <laughs> Susie. Uh, anyway, they were at the they were at the bar both for, oh, when? both games oh, uh, really? on Wednesday and, and Sunday. Nice. Uh, on Wednesday, they came in. They were like, we were gonna like not come to the game because it's midweek, but then like you know, obviously Eric's playing, and uh, and so anyway, it was great to see them. Uh, great to finally meet them. And uh, uh, just chat them up before the game, and so uh, it. Uh, and then when they came in again on Sunday, I was like, "So, is our man starting?" She's like, "Yeah." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. And then I, I uh, she gave me, yeah, she gave me the 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 down low on on, on what was happening on Wednesday as well. I thought Molina was starting. I was like, "Ooh." So go to the bar, find Susan Miller, and she'll give you the lineups before uh, before they're public. D-O. So. And then for the DC United, Issa Watch Notes says, um, disclaimer, sorry guys, I had to, something to do attend to. You know, I got to be a good student and player. <laughs> so she uh, liked the new formation. Possession was so much better. She felt that um, the offense kind of went through Ozzy. 
Uh, he was distributing the ball. Uh, oh my gatos, we're actually coming back. It's a miracle. Oh my gatos oh my is gatos. an expression, you know, of uh, oh my god, but it's oh my gatos. Uh, my point still stands. Everyone needs, still needs to go to striker camp. Uh, the one goal that DC did have that was taken away. Who was who was making that freaking run? Uh, first of all, Alexi Lada needs to shut up. <laughs> uh, I find it funny how Kava wasn't even a sub for this game. He was a reserve. Um, Eric Wheeler, we love him. Um, Danlari with the freaking ball. You professionals, you are professionals. He just, <laughs> how does this happen? Be honest, that's I me in a real game, though. Um, he see. did, yeah. He just completely. Yep. Yeah, I still. Um, Quintero, she still has issues with him. He always has to go force the ball somewhere, versus keeping possession of it. Uh, and, and wondering why why Finley um, wasn't starting. Uh, makes him sad. She has, yeah, she should have been yelling over with me. Yeah, she was sad. Um, says I love him. He's good. And in all honesty, what was it worth? In what what was it worth? In and then she said, um, really happy that Miguel Miguel was the was the game changer. But Mentenier and Ike are the goat. So, so uh, one of the best parts about the game obviously was singing uh, Wonderwall. Yes, uh, and the excitement of, of that happening. But the then debut at as well after that. Uh, uh, Angelo's son, his two sons oh, are out there on the so pitch, adorable. and his youngest is uh, kicking the ball toward the goal, and then like kicks it just far enough, and then like everyone's kind of cheering and waiting for him to go follow it up, and then kick it in. Well, it and then stops. He scored. It stops like yeah, it mid goal, and then he runs toward <laughs> it again and kicks it, and then like everyone cheered, mm-hmm. and then he like you know kind of celebrated, and then he would take the ball back and do it <laughs> again. again. I saw that. Yeah, <laughs> it no, was that great. was awesome. It was, that was so great. much fun. Was awesome. been able to be there, but. I was in Blaine um, with the NSC Spring Cup tournament that Gold Talisman was in, and so we were watching um, the game at a at a Buffalo Wild Wings in Blaine, and I made sure that I had three TVs that had the game on because I made sure we all wanted to watch it with the people that we were, and we sang Wonderwall in, in Blaine, um, and well uh, and it was just you know something that was 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 good. It was good. It was good. I feel really happy for everybody who was there. Um, I I gave my tickets to a dear friend of mine, and he bought a bunch of people the first time, and I was really happy that they were able to to be. Part dear of friend, it. directly related to this podcast, yeah, yeah. it's um, uh, <laughs> one half of Big Quarters, one half big Brandon Bag- Bagason, who uh, the yeah the music that we put on this uh, show. So um, let's. Uh, I want to take a break, but I want to just quickly say Seattle is coming up this weekend. They're missing Rui Diaz. He's been he's he, one of the things with Diaz has always been is just that if he if he gets an injury, it, it takes him a while to get back in. So without Rui Diaz, so um, Will Bruins out. Yeah, uh, they've got basically Morris is doing something. Yeah, Morris will be there, but Victor Rodriguez will probably be starting up top. They're missing Kevin Leardem and Roldan's Christian Roldan, who yeah. both got red carded in the last match against LAFC. Speaking what you think of, of that red card though, that's exactly. Hold on. Speaking of. Christian Ramirez's miss. Yeah. Did you see this, guys? It happens. It was, it was uh, real bad. It was bad, but it happens. You know, you just got to roll off. And just... He had a good response to it on Twitter, but it was oh, really bad. It was bad. No, it was bad. Yeah. Oh, I'll look it up. It was, it was, a, it was in good humor. Okay. Yeah. He's Give like, me, just uh, move on to the next one. You know, there's other opportunities. Just got to have short-term memory is pretty much what he was saying. Hmm. Yeah. And do that, which is what you need to do as a striker. You miss it. I mean, I give... I give Wando a lot of crap for um, for missing. All right, goal. he said, "Happens to the best of us. Should have been a goal. Learn to move on and appreciate the comments, but on to the next one." Hashtag short term memory. Fist emoji, soccer emoji, yellow heart, 
Blackheart. <laughs> oh, that's a, that's obviously a reference to Blackheart of St. Paul. Obviously. So, um, no doubt. So, but Seattle, uh, obviously, are one of the best teams in the league, uh, not just in the West. They've been struggling. But they are missing some players. Well, they've been struggling because they got the shit kicked out of them by LAFC, (laughs) right? right? Which happens to literally everyone. But in this last match, this was a a tie, right? With Seattle? Yep. Um, And a man down. But, no, two men down. Two men down. That's Um, why why the Ramirez So And and it may be that Chad Marshall will be rested again. we have an opportunity here against a very good team that is weakened. It's happened before that we've been able to take advantage of that uh, in previous years. And this is a great chance, right? I mean, rack up the points at home, sing, you know, sing the damn song again. Sing the damn song. And, uh, and you know, Kevin Lurdam has been great for them in defense. Obviously, Chad Marshall is great. I, I was messing with uh, Mark, Mark Kastner, who's uh, with Sounder at Heart and, and uh, Seattle guy, and he was thinking that Chad Marshall might be um, uh, arrested. And so, uh, I, yeah. I, I don't want to, like, I, this, obviously, it sounds kind of dumb because they're playing our team, but if I'm if I put myself in the Seattle perspective – rest against Minnesota and then you have a home match which is far more important honestly against a very good looking Houston Dynamo team the, of the two games the Houston game is more important so I think that there is a decent chance that Seattle actually do play it safe with these players and give them an extra week of yeah. rest yeah I mean you're already going to be missing Roldan the center of your uh, uh, you know midfield Leardam, one of your best uh, um, defenders, I guess the you know Strafender. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he has so many goals already. Right, right. <laughs> um, maybe I'm only saying it because I have him on my fantasy MLS fantasy. Uh, so ah, here we go again. Um, yeah. No, I also I also had Leardam. So um, I I don't know. We don't need to do predictions, but Seattle's coming up uh, this Saturday, seven and nine. Obviously, there will be. A, uh, a big pregame and postgame at uh, the Blackheart. There's going to be a drag show that you'll get in free with your um, if you show your ticket, but we'll also have karaoke in the back uh, that night. Um, and so, yeah, looking forward to that. Um, I legit look for, I was like legit thinking about, oh my God, the off season actually this year is going to be way worse because I am like, so jazzed every week now. I know it's maybe it's just early, just the honeymoon period. Eventually, I'll start to have find need to find new positions at the at the uh, stadium or something like that to make it exciting. But um, <laughs> I, for I'm now, just... it's it's still really exciting every week. Yeah, baby Ragnar is undefeated at uh, at, at Allianz. So. Yeah. You can't, you can't, you can't deny you can't that. Argue that. So uh, let's take a break. Come back and do Twitter. Did you questions. see that the Fox Sports camera zoomed in on Baby Ragnar yes, yes, during yes, the Wonder Woman? Yeah. yeah, I did. Yeah, I was on Baby Ragnar duty for that. Look, <laughs> that was amazing. back on the 55.1 podcast. Thank you, Eric, Rodrigo, and Alex. Uh, it's great to be joined with you guys. Thank you for listening to this. Thank, Thank you, you PodiumWare. PodiumWare.com. Um, <laughs> PodiumWare. PodiumWare. PodiumWare.com. Is that Ponywear? Is that Ponywear? Ponywear can... Uh, I assume that's My Little Pony uh, clothes. Are you a brony? Yeah. A brony. Okay, oh. you a brony. And, uh, All right. and that's... 
Pony, if Ponywear.com wants to, I assume that that's, hold on. That's got to be a porn site, right? Hold on, Pony <laughs> wear. You know, I start with Podium Wear and you guys take it to a whole different world. Yeah. It takes me to Ponybox.com. Which, I, I don't, don't click. No, don't. It's, it's actually, I think, just horse racing stuff. <laughs> so, okay, I didn't get porn. Congratulations, everyone. <laughs> I didn't get <laughs> he porn. He wins. <laughs> So uh, let's start with some Twitter questions. Uh, we've got this from Mark Fangmeyer. He says, it's telling that Minnesota United's defense over the past two years has looked its best when Heath has been forced by circumstances outside of his control rather than tactics to make changes in his defense. What does it say when when fate is more com- competent defensively, defensively than your head coach? Do you guys agree with that? Uh, the, the premise there that the big changes that have been made have been... Uh, Forced by like red cards, you know, forcing people out of the lineup. Can we think of the the big events that have happened in the past, Alex? Or do you have do you have any thoughts there? No comments. Okay, <laughs> great. Um, Perfect. Fate must be a Minnesota United fan. Uh-huh. I mean, is that like fate bringing Bobby Bobby Shuttleworth into the team with with Alvbega? Is fate like basically? Um, I mean, Demidov wasn't forced to the lineup. He just was dropped, right? I mean, there's nothing that forced that change. There's nothing that forced Calvo to the left wing or to the left fullback, which was a, a big change. I, I mean, I get I get what Mark is saying here, but I'm I'm not sure it's fully. We've had times like when Calvo and several other people are gone, and then you put Carter Manley and uh, you know some other guy who played once, and we can't remember his name. Um, but like you put the the back line Alexi- in there, and we get destroyed at, at New York Red Bulls, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that stuff has happened before. Um, we have been forced into things like the the three man back line, and it worked temporarily. But that's because it surprised people, and then everyone else kind of easily sussed it out. So I agree with you, Mark, but I also disagree. But the 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 point, the most recent point here is that. The hand was forced um, on Calvo. Yep. And I think that it was maybe gladly forced. And But, you know, uh, Heath, to his credit, did bench box all, brought in Coleman, and that has worked as well. So you kept can't... His, kept wow, his you're word. giving Heath credit? Yeah, yeah. He kept his word. Played How many themselves out. Like terrible mistakes did Boxall and Calvo make last year with no repercussions whatsoever? I agree there with that. Alex. There's there way, way too many. All right. Steven Nelson said, Did Alexi sing karaoke? Still haven't had something worth money for uh from concessions. Am I missing something? I am uh, I'm making my rounds for, for concessions. So I heard that Prasa Burrito is a thing to do. We are we are going to eventually I think um uh uh, I think Elisa, we need to bring her. We, Elisa and Sheila. Sheila's the one documenting. Right, I think. Yeah, but we need to pull them off of Minnesota. We need to do an exchange and bring them That's on fine. to to do a special yeah. uh, just concessions episode of this hey, podcast. Maybe they'd, they'd be up for that. Ooh, I'll say the the uh, um, uh, tacos, the tacos al pastor. I did get are, them. Are those tacos al pastor. Are they are they from um, from? Los Campos, the, the, or are they? Oh, they're from the international place, so maybe oh, they okay. aren't uh, Los Campos. I, I don't know. I said that originally in the podcast, but mm-hmm. I got them with no line, but they had also been sitting under uh, a heat lamp, so they were decent, but not great. Um, last week, I got uh, the cheese curds, which are 
garbage. Um, <laughs> and, the hot uh, dog yet? I heard the hot dog is pretty good. The brat from Camarchix is pretty good. We talked about this, and I said the bun wasn't very good, but the brat was good. I tried the lamb sausage, which is uh, over on the uh, west side, um, west-southwest side, um, and that was okay. Did not feel like it was worth the 10 or whatever. It was It was decent, but not not very good then there's the so steven i will say i have not yet met something that was great uh except for i would say the best bang for the buck was that kamarchix brat because it it's a good brat and uh you know part of what i need is like i haven't eaten all day i need to get something in my belly in my belly chila was a big fan of that burrito wherever it came from that was what, what, what's in it is it chicken well there's a brasa burrito i know okay. so is that um, the chicken one? I'm not sure. We'll get her There's on. There's two kinds. But um uh <laughs> I know like Alexi... when I was in for my birthday, they had the whole the, they had the whole advertising. Try a Brazza burrito and then they had the ingredients posted on there. I thought I saw chicken in it, but um Alexi did not sing karaoke, but he did come into the bar and and uh and hang out for a little bit and met my kids and talked David Bowie with a meal, uh, which is very cool. I really <laughs> like Alexi. I've always found him to be like such a very like uh interested guy. Um interested in you you know he's not kind of a, a, a an aloof douchebag which is is very uh i think hard for someone like him not to be right mm-hmm. you know so it was cool and i thought the podcast the live podcast that he did with john strong was really fun they interviewed bruce it's great that um, part was really good uh they interviewed uh kitty Witham, who's the the sideline mm-hmm. uh, uh commentator and they interviewed adrian heath um, I will note that uh, Bruce's the applause for Bruce was distinctly louder oh, yeah. than Adrian Heath, but um, played the hits. Emmanuel of Min- Minnesota says, "We talk defense offensively. What do you want to, see, to do to be more clinical? Who should be in the starting lineup? What positions do we add or subtract? Any offensive players? Why has Quintero been off form? Lots of questions here. What needs to happen for the offense?" And, Alex, I want to see Romano get back in. Yeah, I really do. What would do he, you? But where? What would he do? You know, there is well speed number one. Okay, so we're playing I mean, more on the counter. Well, how how many moments in this last match, especially? I mean, you and I were together where whoa, the ball bounced, the ball bounced within a foot or two of uh, Angelo, and we had Brontosaurus, <laughs> and then he just gives up. Yeah. <laughs> So moments like that, I think, would be alleviated. Um, and I mean, frankly, he's just got a better foot too. He's got a better shot. Um, yeah. He, the the tough part is that you've got Rodriguez, who I, I mean, I, th- I think that lots of people were praising him. Uh, let me go to. He didn't have a horrible game. He didn't have a uh, bad game. Mister Language Arts says, "Is it bad that I'm starting to like Rodriguez? Is it bad that he still reminds me of the Ramirez sale? No, uh, neither of those no. are bad. They're both natural, and you should not feel bad about liking Rodriguez. But you also should not feel bad about." You know, fantasizing about your ex. That's totally fine. They're just different players. I mean, um, <laughs> totally cool. Advice column now, right? Yeah, yeah. 55. But, uh, but, but, I mean, Rodriguez, we need him to score more goals and more more goals that are, like, legit. Um, he created something here. Mm-hmm. But also, we can see what he did in that second half when he had a little bit more action around him with Miguel. And, right. Um 
Right, but at the same time, I mean, if you put Darwin's goals, how many of those have been PKs? Um, all, I think wow. all but one. Yeah. So he has Dar- six goals, I mean, and then Quintero goals. has actually created some of his own goals, right? He's actually... Well, the other one was a Bono Howler, so... Yeah. yeah. So... I, 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 listen, I think that the, to take these questions together, I think that the answer is... I don't, I'm actually not so convinced that there's something broken with the offense, despite one goal in, uh, in two games. Uh, if... I think that the expected goals numbers are really good. And I think, or well, not necessarily really good, but they're good. Um, and I think that there's an element of just that these were two games where things didn't quite click or weren't, you know, lucky enough with the finishing or uh, I'm not too worried. We're creating a lot of chances. I, I thought that the first half against DC wasn't great. I thought that that was tactic, tactical for the most part. I think well, that. What, what about the tactics? What do you mean? Well, uh, we talked about Darwin okay. Quintero. Okay, so it's Carol Quintero. Okay. And there being no one underneath him. I, I think that the, the the one thing that has changed, which is something I was calling for before it happened, and I'm really glad to see it happening, is Angelo is playing higher up. And right. he's when he gets the ball in midfield, he's getting rid of it quickly. Um, and then when he and then he's aiming to receive the ball in the box or, or near the top of the box. That's where we need him to be all the time because he's the less he's involved in the buildup for these attacks, the better. And then otherwise, I think it's a matter of, you know, I think that Darwin hasn't had the greatest start. I think, you know, maybe we have to figure out what's going on there, but other, we have so many deep talented attackers who can play across that, uh, that, that front line, that front four, basically. Um, I'm not worried. I, I think finding the right combination of sort of touchline, uh, guys like 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 Finley and uh, guys who want to cut in like like Abu or Molino, you know, finding that right balance is, is going to be a challenge for the team going forward. But there are so many different options, so many different looks that the team can provide, and there's always the option of substituting people. So I think that I think that there's a, many more reasons to be optimistic about the offense, and I would not. Suggest people forget about it. I still would love to see Ronaldo Phenomenal do something with Angelo because I mean he those body types are so similar and he does such a really good job on the holdup and everything. But his shot quality and just general striking, doing the damn job, is just not great in my opinion. And if he could see a big bottomed man that's a legend. And how he was able to make it all work. Talk about big ace. Flaps, I mean, he's, he's the legendary big ace striker. And it's like, if he could imitate or learn from Ronaldo, man, that'd be amazing. Let me ask you guys this, though. Um, if we're going to have 20 to 50 Metanair crosses coming in every match, who the hell is going to get on one of those? Who's going to get a header? Who who can we get in there to connect on a Metanair cross? Well, I mean, it's only Rodriguez, right? Like, we have such a tiny offense. He'll score with his ass, though. Yeah. We're not, we're not, we're not, I mean, it's not, I'm not going to defend putting in a gazillion crosses, but we're not trying necessarily to get crosses for headers. We're trying to get crosses in a way that Rodriguez can cause some havoc. I think about the, um, what is it, the goal against, the goal, the first goal against New York, where you had a cross cam in, um, where Rodriguez could have got a, a bit of his head to it and just sort of popped it in the air. Darwin was in there. He put pressure on the ball. The header wasn't cleared. And then Ozzy was waiting for it at the top of the box. So when we try to put in crosses, either someone is open, like the second goal against New York, or 
we're just trying to cause havoc. And it's not, it shouldn't be our bread and butter, but it's when we have a guy who is so good at hitting crosses like Bentonier, it's got to be a club in the bag. Tony Daza asks, does Calvo play again as a loon? Who replaces Calvo? Can Miller hold down the starting spot? Um, I mean, July 7th, the uh, the transfer window opens. There's 10 games before then. Uh, Gold Cup is seven games away. Uh, I mean, I think it's very unlikely Eric Miller holds down. I mean, Eric Miller needs basically needs to play very well every game, right? He's got two clean sheets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and and and, and, and he's been good. He's got no playing time, really. I mean, yeah. That, so. But but like you know that the second he has a bad game, Calvo's back in the next game, right? I mean, I don't know. We were joking around uh, MJ and I that maybe the Chinese Super League or the Korean League. He said specifically from his we'll his come, roots. Come yeah, the Korean for... League was knocking for some Calvo. <laughs> I mean, I think I think you 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 expect Cabo. I, I expect Cabo to play a couple of games before the before Gold Cup. Um, I think what where those games may be, it will determine. But I don't I don't I don't know if you specifically put them at that left back position. You know, I mean, his tendencies again, unless he is reformed and not not um, on diva like he uh, his his uh, role might 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 change just a bit. So. Uh, Rebel Without a Clue says, refreshing summer drink of choice, and uh, 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 Chilcano is not allowed as an option since we... What was the Cachaça one that you had? Oh, the Ibsen Negroni. That was good. That was good shit. Yeah, we just unveiled the... Uh, kind of quietly to, to kind of get the, the bartenders I'll, all on I'll board go with that. The, that, uh, was, that was We really just good. unveiled our, just our, our simple, cocktails. Simple, simple syrup and a Chilcano, and it'll be much, much, much smoother. We also we also have... Uh, I introduced to, to um, Abe Apodi, the... the Capo, yeah. uh, the um, a night in Cuva, he which is a, a, the, actually, uh, I think I tried that one has too. three rums in it, and uh, it's a you know subtitled a drink to make you forget the bad times. <laughs> so uh, um, yeah, uh, I I will say my favorite is cucumber soda uh, and Hendrix gin and a cucumber in it. So. Uh, so are these old drinks at Blackheart? Or? No, no, this okay. one I, I don't have. Um, but you can do just soda water and then like a simple syrup and like do it on your stovetop, which is just uh, equal parts sugar and water and put like a cucumber and some mint in it. So make, the, make it that way. And then put a little bit of that in with soda water and Hendrix gin, put a cucumber in it. I could drink a gallon of that. <laughs> it's like too complicated for me to do it at the bar. But maybe I'll keep some around in case people come in. Ice, Inca Cola, whiskey. Okay, there we go. Uh, Wade McEwen says, "What feels better, having this newfangled accountability, long absent for the team, or the clean sheets that resulted? Should this come at play at all with our offensive depth? Uh, do you do? You, let, let's talk about that kind of accountability thing. Does offensive that does that? Depth. You know, we joked about um, giving credit to Heath or not." Um, do we, do we feel like maybe this is a, a new era in in uh, Minnesota now with uh, Heath kind of making these, or is it just is this a one off, right? The forced hand, as it were. Yeah. Well, I mean, some of his substitutions that he's made have been to have been you know good substitutions. I mean, you have the Miguel Ibarra, and then there was the. Um, but that was a that was forced, right? Like Miguel was forced. 
he he wouldn't have chosen he he brought Darwin Quintero out because Darwin was injured, right? But right. he also has a. He's, I mean, like Miguel Darwin's, was Darwin's pre- not having a great start. We 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 we, we can attend to that. But Mig- then- but Miguel was was put on the bench, even though Miguel has been what one of our uh, top three players all season. But Miguel was also coming back from injury. As it's that's the time. only excuse I can think of. But that's kind okay. of a weak excuse. At this so point, was Dinlati and so was Molino, right? right? I mean, but but Mal- the, my, my question is Molino, right? Why, why Molino played a good sixty? Was it sixty minutes or? Uh, sure, I forget how yeah. much. Yeah, and then so my 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 mind is like if you take out Darwin, you want to put in a Molino. That's just what I automatically default think as. But and so I was I was caught off guard by um by taking by putting in by, by putting in uh. Miguel and and it and it worked and it, it worked. worked. So I mean, I credit to that substitution, but um, I'm at I'm at a point where I can give him full credit for anything really. So, hmm. I think I think Miguel came in because Molino is not match fit, and I also think and Quintero was ostensibly a winger, so. Yeah. It was more of a like for like to put Miguel in there, and Miguel, of course, is, is even though he's coming back from his hamstring injury, he's he's fitter than Molina, who did not have a preseason and is still, uh, you know, sixty minutes over the course of a week, regardless of whether it's two games, is probably his limit. Mm. I, I think, um, uh, you know, to to close off on this, the the one thing about that um, uh, Alexi Lalas uh, interview with um, Adrian Heath was that uh, Heath. Did the two? We need two to three players thing again, which in the hits. Uh, and then he also, you know, the Alexi basically like asked, and you guys can go watch the the video. It's up on YouTube, whatever. But um, basically like asked, uh, you know, what are the what are the lessons of you had a you had a rough start. Your defense was bad. You know, what are the lessons of expansion? And he said, you know, you can look at all these other teams and you can look at how they used that 18 months before. And he basically just threw Manny and everyone else un- under the bus. And and certainly we've criticized that, right? Like the team should have done way better at preparing for MLS than it did. But like to hear the head coach completely throw everyone else under the bus rather than saying, you know, t- taking any ownership of it, uh, it, is, it, it just goes back to why it's so... Hard for me to move. to get back on board, to, even though I'm trying to do this positive positivity thing. Why it's so hard for me to get back on board the Heath thing? Because it's always there's been no um, self awareness, uh, self awareness, or just like uh, accountability, you know, accountability, right? Like the, both those things. And, and I mean, and, how many? It's how many times have we seen teams with poor defensive records? It's like let's say the Premier League teams facing relegation, whatever they can't stop hemorrhaging goals and then they hire a tony pulis type and immediately they become a very strong defensive team like there is is certainly the case that players are a part of it but organization matters organization and tactics they matter and (laughs) to me it's just i think that the i think that the fact that the team I don't want to relitigate this too long, but I think that the fact that the team made no discernible improvement in terms of points, goals for, goals against last year from the year before is a was just a really damning indictment and, on the coaching staff in particular. And, and what what I'll say is like also seeing the the comments post matches 
where um, Heath's primary interest in talking about, oh, you kept a clean sheet, is saying like, oh, well, now I won't have to hear about it for a week. Second time, and, in and, fact, in two weeks. Yeah, and he right. said two that matches. both times. Not even and, two weeks. And, like, they were briefly averaging on track to have more goals allowed than last year. Yeah, and, and you know what? After that, and we talked about this on a previous podcast, where it's like, look, you know that this is going to be the comment. So how do you spin this to be a positive, right? And here's what you can do. You can spend that time praising Eric Miller and, and, and Brent Coleman for coming into this team. You can go in there and praise Ike Opara has brought something very different and we need to give him the tools. You can go in there and praise your players and do this, this work that changes the subject from, oh, why were you so bad before and you're good now, to say, like, look, I'm like spend that time being positive and that that's what kills me about it where it's just like it's all about heath and, and it's all about heath when it's good right and and it's just like shut the fuck up and like t- t- like give us the players that we want and and that that kills me well so. amazingly when you know Sheila got some really good interviews too and the players are the ones bringing that positivity it's it's a, yeah. it's a 180 when ike talks uh, Miguel's done a few interviews. Yeah. I mean, he's always humble. That's yeah. That's a three. Ike's line in his forever. underpants with Sheila interviews too. So. <laughs> Spoiler: that's the views. Ike's it's the most popular post on Minnesota football Twitter. <laughs> well, there's a through line there too because she got Coleman in a towel. So this is this, is, right. this is how we do it. That song writes itself. Just need a beat. This is how we do. All right. Anyway, yeah. Um, but yeah, the players are saying the right things. They're they're humble. They are encouraging. They're positive, and it's it's a stark contrast. Yeah. All right. Let's let's call it a day. It's been a long podcast. Uh, thank you, Alex. Uh, thank you, Rodrigo. Thank you, Eric. Thank you, Podiumware. Uh, Podiumware. And thanks, uh, listeners. So um, I'll see you. I, you know, sometime soon. Hopefully, uh, pre gaming at the bar. Hey, if and- Susan goes. If Susan goes to the bar. Just you should just let me tweet at me so we can go ahead and just. I like to meet Susan. That's Why don't you just show up and then I'll introduce you. Oh, well, she'll be there. That's what you're saying. She'll be there. All right. You can buy her in a... a, a, a we could introduce her to Issa Watch. Lime, Issa Watch, Lime Issa Watch got a, and soda. Issa Watch got to kick out the fact that not only Eric's mom liked her Issa Watch notes, but Eric himself liked them. Oh, great. <laughs> so she was like, perfect. <laughs> Eric Miller. All right. Adios, go 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 Axe.